Hello and welcome to CJSW Age-Friendly Programming, broadcasting on 90.9 FM in Calgary and on Treaty 7 and Region 3 territory. Our program is called Age to Perfection and Old Enough to Know Better. I'm Linda Rainey. And I'm Kathy Burrell. Hello, Linda Rainey here. Happy New Year to you. Here we are, it's the year 2020, with a new decade beginning. We've all lived through a number of decades by now, but it's always exciting to begin another one. We've probably all made our share of New Year's resolutions, which we may or may not be able to keep. Did you know about 60% of people make resolutions and only about 8% keep them? So I guess the bottom line is, if you lack determination, you'll never fulfill your resolutions. Here are some of the most common resolutions the average person makes. Number one, get healthy. Start by eating healthier and reducing or eliminating your alcohol intake. If you need an incentive to go alcohol-free, check out Dry Feb. The Canadian Cancer Society is having a fundraiser to challenge you to lay off the booze for a month that being the month of February 2020. You'll not only benefit people living with cancer, but you'll get some real great health benefits as well, such as sleeping better, having more energy, and no hangovers. Plus, you'll probably save a few bucks on all the wine and beer you didn't buy in February. All you have to do is stop drinking alcohol for the whole month of February. Sign up for your challenge on the Canadian Cancer Society website, dryfeb.ca. Ask your family and friends to make pledges, and that's all there is to it. The Cancer Society knows you may have a special occasion in February, as I have with my husband as we celebrate our 50th anniversary. So the Canadian Cancer Society organizers have made provisions for you to buy a golden ticket for a $25 donation. The golden ticket gives you the night off, so you can have a drink or two, but you can still continue with your dry Feb challenge after your night off. So for my husband and I celebrating our golden anniversary, this sounds like a very good idea. Dry Feb is a fundraising campaign to challenge social drinkers to stop drinking for one month and to make some healthy lifestyle changes. What a great way to support the Canadian Cancer Society and do something good for yourself as well. Good Housekeeping magazine has the following suggestions for resolutions in case you haven't finalized yours yet. Learn one new exercise move. Save more money. Cook one new recipe every week. Read more books and reduce your screen time. Take the stairs whenever you can. Book all your doctor's appointments for the whole year. Stay hydrated. Sanitize your phone weekly. Phones carry 10 times as much bacteria as toilet seats. Disinfectant wipes work well for cleaning phones. Delegate more chores to others. Keep clutter out of the kitchen, especially on your counter space. Donate old clothes. Buy new running shoes. Do one thing at a time. Switch up your routine. Go to bed on time, without your device. Add more citrus fruits to your diet. Be kind to yourself. Stop procrastinating. Meet new people. Take some chances. Become more polite. Learn to be happier with your life. Spend more time with people that matter. Get out of debt. Let go of grudges. 
Stop being late all the time. Face your fears. Stop gossiping. Give one compliment every day to yourself or to someone else. Do random acts of kindness. Pay it forward. Buy a coffee for a complete stranger next time you're in line at the coffee shop. Reduce your waste, especially plastics. Don't buy things you don't need. Clean out your car. Wear sunscreen. Make your bed every day. Talk less and listen more. Spend more time in nature. Get your documents in order. Tame your monkey mind. Rule your thoughts. Don't let them rule you. Reader's Digest has some tips for living longer, as researched by Lisa Bendall. Treat your body right by watching your weight. Brush your teeth because poor oral health is connected to heart disease and diabetes. Get your eyes checked because vision loss has a big impact on lifespan. Breathe deeply because lung capacity declines around age 35 as your posture changes and your diaphragm loses strength, making it more difficult to take oxygen into your body. Exercise your lungs for 5 or 10 minutes a day by breathing deeply and concentrate on lowering your diaphragm. Don't over-medicate. Over-the-counter medications such as ibuprofen can lead to ulcers and kidney disease. Look after your feet. Check for breaks in the skin or redness. Strengthen your skeleton with weight-bearing exercises, such as Tai Chi. If you've been advised to have hip surgery, don't put it off. Replace your worn hips. Book a flu shot every year and ask your doctor about pneumonia shots and shingles shots as well. Don't skip breakfast. Cut back on red meat. Avoid sugary drinks. Cook from scratch whenever you can and avoid processed foods. Add more tomatoes to your diet because of their antioxidant properties. Eat a handful of cashews, almonds, or walnuts every day. And don't forget to take vitamin D. Drink more coffee. The caffeine content is linked to longer life. Embrace housework because it's a light-intensity activity. Stand when you're talking on the phone. Find excuses to walk. Take piano lessons or join a choir. Focus on things you are grateful for. Live closer to amenities. Declutter your life. Pay attention to weather warnings, whether it be extreme hot or cold, and stay indoors if you need to. These are all common sense things we probably already knew, but it's nice to have a reminder at the start of every new year. Hi everyone, it's Kathy Burrell. Today in studio I'll be speaking with Kim Savard, Program Manager at CARIA. Kim is Program Manager of the Way In Program at the Agency. The Way In Network across Calgary is comprised of four agencies that provide an outreach program that supports seniors and their families and their friends to get the services and resources they need to remain active and engaged members of the community. So, in a nutshell, the Way In program assists with those in need with system navigation. So, they do short and long-term case management for older adults in Calgary. Today, Kim and I will be speaking about the Calgary Coordinated Response to Missing Seniors. Welcome to the program, Kim. Thank you. So, Kim, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do at CARIA? So, as your introduction said, I am the program manager of the Way In program at CARIA. So, we are an outreach program for seniors. We're funded by Family and Community Support Services to work with vulnerable seniors. And 
Uh, their definition of a vulnerable is pretty broad. So as long as seniors um, do have a need uh, for connection to resources, services, and some support, uh, we will, can do an intake, do an assessment, and then uh, figure out what next steps are for getting the services they need. Hmm, that sounds great. Now, there's a lot of other agencies in Calgary that do help seniors. Is there something different about CARIA? Uh, as far as different, we again, we are part of that network, and that network, again, provides, uh, you know, the similar outreach services um, for that uh, vulnerable population. But CARIA does have some other programs that uh, are unique. We have an elder abuse support team um, that is a collaboration between Calgary Police Services and the Kirby Centre. We have Lighthouse housekeeping, a light housekeeping program, which is our senior support program. We have a counseling program, and then we have a very robust community development team that really works at engaging seniors in the community to develop their leadership skills and remain connected to others in community. Hmm. So important because isn't the, um, the, the, the way people are thinking mostly is, is that once you get to a certain age, you just kind of disappear into the woodwork. No one sees you around anymore. And we're hoping that's not the case. We're hoping to sort of prevent that. And, and you know, and when we look at our services, we do have that continuum where we uh, really support folks to get uh, kind of their basic needs. So food, shelter, uh, you know, healthcare services, right through to those community connections and, and social opportunities. So we really do that sort of continuum. That's great. Um, we're here today to talk about a, um, a sort of a specific part of what you do at CARIA, and that's the response to missing seniors. I looked at the material uh, on this program, and it's quite extensive. Uh, this process started back in 2015 with an exploration between the Beaumont Seniors Assistance Association and CARIA, meeting to discuss what a silver alert type program for Calgary would look like. Um, can you tell me, were you around then and how your two organizations were brought together? For sure. So uh, Beaumont Seniors Assistance Association actually has been around in the Bonus area for since 1974. And it was originally called Seniors Helping Seniors. And um, that's actually the organization that I was the director, mm. uh, executive director of, right up until about 2007. And at that time, um, our funder looked at a reorganization and uh, Beaumont Seniors Assistance Association actually joined Calgary Family Services, which is now known as CARIA. But then we had this very engaged, passionate group of seniors on the board that really weren't quite ready just to leave the board and not have some impact. So we actually decided to form a partnership. Mm. So we kept the board as an entity and um, and all the staff moved to Calgary Family Services, which is now CARIA. And uh, the board now is really more, the Beaumont board is now really a more a project-oriented board. And um, in 2015, one of the board president was actually uh, traveling through Florida with her grandson and was on the highway and saw a big sign that flashed across the highway and said, silver alert and a bit of a description. And she came back to our next board meeting and said, why do we not have this in Calgary? And and in fact, why do we not have this in Canada? And uh, so this was at our board meeting, which as my position in CARI, I'm the liaison to the board. And we didn't know why we didn't have it in Canada. <laughs> so we thought that would be a good exploration. Um, so we started playing with the sort of the idea of, you know, why there wasn't this um, Silver Alert program. And uh 
we were able to get a little bit of funding from the United Way to do a literature scan and, and figure out uh, what the status of Silver Alert type programs were in uh in Canada and then in the province and then nationally. And we found out that um, in Canada, really there wasn't a silver alert program like they had in the States. And um, so we did a, a quite an extensive report on that. I think people just don't realize how uh, small organizations can't do nearly as much as a group organization together and how important it is when you're looking at funding to keep things going because there's nothing worse from an organizational point of view than getting a grant or something going and then not having the people to work the grant or you know sort of having to do it uh, with less power than you would have before so yeah great to hear um, so as things progressed through 2016, um, a Silver Alert uh, slash mis- Missing Seniors Action Team was formed. So essentially, what was your involvement in that? So what we did from that f- initial exploration of the literature scan is we formed a steering committee. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess I was the chair of the steering committee. <laughs> and uh, we pulled in a few other folks um, like Calgary Police Services, the Alzheimer's Society of Calgary, uh, United Way continued to be on it. And we thought, okay, well, so what? We have all this information. Um, how then do we operationalize it? And so uh, we thought the first step would then to see if we were on the right track and we uh, we held a community conversation. So we pulled in, I think there were about 35 different stakeholders in the room and really went through a process of deciding or not, I guess not really deciding, but pulling out people's perspectives on the issue and their willingness to get involved. And um, without, there was no dissenters, everybody agreed that this, the the issue of seniors going missing uh, was something that needed to be addressed and that we could do it better collectively, as you said, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're stronger together. So out of that, um, we formed, uh, we, I I essentially joined the Calgary Age-Friendly Strategy and became an action team. Mm. So, which was really so brilliant in so many ways, because uh, as part of an action team, we had some uh, sort of backbone support. So we had somebody from the city, John Mungham, who was able to help support the the uh, logistics of an action team and setting the meetings and the minutes. And, and I really was co-chairing or co-leading the, the process. Did you have um, seniors at this uh, community conversation or was it mostly just stakeholders um, no, so we did, uh, it was uh, lots of um, service providers for sure, but uh, the Beaumont board, who <laughs> were right from the get-go and were very passionate about this issue, were part of the process of uh, figuring out the sort of next steps. Yeah, that's wonderful. So a year later, in 2017, the University of Alberta Faculty of Rehabilitation Medicine got involved with the project. Um, Can you tell us why it was important for a university faculty such as this one to be involved in the project? So the more I've realized about community work is you really need all kinds of different strengths. And um, we were so very lucky to get uh, connected to U of A, who, um, and it was kind of a roundabout way, it was through somebody in Ontario who was working on a uh, some technology to address this issue, and we should talk to somebody from U of A, so we did. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
I'm finding more and more that, um, you know, the work that we do in community, you know, not we, like the big we, um, we're, you know, we're pretty good at what we do in community, but maybe what we're, our strength maybe isn't that research and evaluation. And so to have U of A at the table to do the research, to bring in um, uh, some more of the literature, some more of the best practices uh, was really sort of supported both uh, the theoretical underpinnings of this project and and then we brought in that sort of practical side. So it was a really nice mix of both on the ground, this is what it would look like working, and then the really the the literature and the um, research that supported some of that. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize as well that you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum. And the worst thing to do when you get some grant money is trying to reinvent the wheel when somebody in another province or in another country is doing almost identical work. Exactly. Like, you know, the lady from Beaumont, she was in Florida. Yeah. So obviously they're doing it yeah. in Florida. So yeah. no, it's a, it's a great idea. And the research just, you know, it helps with everything involved because cognitive and, you know, the way you move, all of it, it's its all part of getting older, right? Well, and, and the thing that was really nice about having U of A involved, they had already done the research on on the programs in the States, and they, had, uh, they were quite aware of some of the you know, the barriers to having it be successful. And, and so if we were to do something in uh, Calgary and Alberta and Canada, you know, they had some of those ideas around um, the things that made things work and the things that got in the way of people coming together to work on this. My father-in-law, who I talk about endlessly, uh, who has Parkinson's and lives in uh, the interior in BC, I mean, he's uh, starting to dement and he's wandering a bit. And I made a little index card and shoved it in his pocket because he needs to exercise. He needs to get out there and walk to to say his name and just in case, because he can get lost three doors down. So it's very interesting, you know, because some people are very helpful when he does, uh, you know, feel that he's not exactly sure where he at, he is. And then other people are quite rude and they're kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you at home? And it's amazing to think that, uh, when you talk about vulnerable seniors or talk about people that are a little bit older, I mean, when it comes down to it, they should be protected the same as anybody that has a cognitive difficulty should be. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I know. And one of that's one of the things that we're really trying to promote a little bit is more community education and, and, and looking out for your neighbors. And if something doesn't look right, you know, maybe you could help support what's going on. And, and for seniors that are, you know, going for a walkabout, you know, we want to, we want to allow that to happen and minimize the risk. So what, what can we put into place? Like exactly what you did about having, you know, some, a little bit of a safeguard so that he can still maintain his independence. For sure. If you do have someone in your life that, um, does tend to wander or, you know, you're having, uh, challenges with that here in Calgary, what would you suggest people do? So there are lots of resources out in the community. It's just how to find them and how to find the right one. Um, so the program that I work with in the city of Calgary, which is 403 Seniors, which is Seniors Outreach, it really is that system navigation piece. So uh, if, uh, if somebody wanted to phone 403 Seniors, which is 403 um, that gets you to an intake line and you could certainly ask or present some of the things that you're wanting to find out about and then they will direct you to the right resource. Um, certainly if it is um, 
a dementia or a cognitive impairment, the Alzheimer's Society is a great resource, and you can phone them in Calgary. Uh, for there's there is also the Family Caregiver Center. There's lots of different places. What we're trying to uh, do here in Calgary is get a little bit better at having um, some key essential numbers that if you phone one of those numbers, it'll get you to the right place because the worst thing is to get uh, to phone one place and say have somebody say, no, it's not us. Try this number, try this number, try this number. So we're trying to mitigate some of that. So 403 Seniors is a great one. 211 in Calgary will also do the same thing, is, is trying to get you connected to some supports that can help you manage where you need to be to get the resources you need. Hmm. Well, I would assume, number one, that like an Amber Alert uh, would be way rarer than a senior going missing because anyone that knows how many seniors there are in Canada, how many of them are cognitively impaired, how many of them, you know, do go missing. We, I'm sure that that would be a big criteria when designing the program, you know, like how, how, how and when to notify people, but, you know. Yeah, for sure, and that, I, that's one of the one of one of the biggest issues for an Amber Alert is usually criminal in nature, right? And it, and for uh, folks that go are going seniors that are going missing, I mean they're at risk of going missing. They you you know they may be at significant risk, uh, particularly if the weather's bad or yes. you know and that sort of thing. But uh, the numbers of seniors going missing is that much more. So we're we are really sort of promoting the idea of a opt-in alert system that where, you know, you could maybe, the program that we tested is where you could sign up and I will look out for somebody in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, or or where I work or, you know, where I frequent shopping, you know, let me know if somebody goes missing in those areas. So there there are a number of programs, particularly in um, uh, in Europe that are, that's how they've set up their programs. Mm -hmm. And that's, that would be the ideal is that we become more community oriented and looking out for our neighbors. Yeah, not just someone you're related to, somebody that you see that obviously is struggling. Yeah. 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 So where are we with this program in early 2020? Here it is January 2020. And how can people learn more about the this program here in Calgary? Like if you wanted to get involved or you had a senior in your life that, you know, maybe could benefit by that. So this is probably one of the programs that I've been most excited about working on in my career because uh, from this grassroots sort of initiative um, from the board member who was driving in the States to where we are now, we've come such a long way. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been um, amazing is uh, how you start one conversation leads to another conversation leads to another conversation. And as part of this process in Calgary, we have... Um, now become part of the International Consortium on Dementia and Wayfinding. Wow. And uh, so there's this uh, international group that has come together to look at research, to look at best practices. We're sharing resources. Uh, there's been a couple uh, international meetings. Um, so those are going to continue. And I think um, we've, we've benefited uh, a lot in Calgary from this. So the U of A is involved in the, and actually U of A, Nolan and Neubauer is the co-chair of the International Consortium. She's done some work through her academic career that we're actually going to be using. Um, there are some things like the something called the Herbert Protocol, which is was developed in the UK that we're bringing into Calgary, which is really around uh, 
uh, sort of that prevention piece and getting the information ready should somebody go missing. Um, And then right now, our biggest task right now is to develop a resource guide Mm. so that would really address the prevention of somebody going missing, uh, what to do at the time of an incident. So when somebody does go missing, what are the things that you need to think about? Uh, Really encourage people that somebody going missing... um, is an emergency, call 911. There is really a misconception that you wait 24 hours. Mm. You know, I think that was in the movies. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's a it's an emergency, so call 911. Um, how do we support people when somebody is missing and they're waiting for news and the police are doing their, their be- very best to find that person? And then the follow-up after the incident. So we're really looking at that continuum. What are the things that could be put into place to prevent somebody from going missing in the first place, whether it's technology or some home adaptations or your beautiful card in your father-in-law's pocket. Um, And then again, what will happen, uh, the process that will happen when it happens. And then how do we follow up with folks afterwards to get connected to resources, um, supports that that might help them in the long run. There's lots of folks, if it's the first time, they may be, it can be really, really scary. And, you know, uh, if they're not connected to supports and resources or people to talk to, that would be something that we would want to follow up on after an incident. No, that's, that's fantastic because that's the first thing I thought was how frightening it is. If you're a caregiver or someone that, you know, he was just there a minute ago and now he's gone. And in my case, my mother-in-law is not very mobile. Uh, she doesn't drive. Yeah. So it's not like she could go running after him. And so this is, you know, the the one of the, the cases and there's myriad. So do you have stats in Calgary of how many like times people go missing or how many calls there are to 911 saying, find my husband, find my Like we have such a great working relationship with Calgary Police Services. They've been right on the program right from the beginning. And they do keep missing person stats, but they don't have them necessarily broken around around the age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something we actually are working on. Uh, we have this number from 2015, like 180 missing seniors, uh, or, or approximately. Um, but one of the things that we are conscious of, that that's reported to police. So that isn't necessarily how many seniors have gone missing. And we do know, and we've had reports from caregivers, that sometimes they don't want to report to police because they're worried that they'll be judged for, you know, I'm, I'm not doing my caregiving job well enough or, you know, that'll be the start of them needing to go into a home. And, and so we're really trying to dispel that myth. The police really are there to help support the process. And we're looking at trying to do a little bit more education around that. And just to reiterate, if you do have someone that goes missing and they're gone for half an hour, an hour, two hours, you have no idea where they are, you would suggest to call 911. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, do, I think probably do, do a little bit of a search, you know, but if, sure. you, if you know that, um, and particularly if the circumstances are like when it's minus 30, 40, yes. you know, people don't, can't survive very long outside. No. Um, but yes, phone 911 if, if that person is missing and, um, and get some support that you need. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you today, Kim. Thank you very much for uh, all this great information um, on the uh, coordinated response to missing seniors uh, here in Calgary. And uh, if anyone has any questions, they could contact us here at the podcast or they could contact Kim um, via 
main line or yeah i can give out my phone number so it's 403-286-1811 and that's kim savard from caria thank you very much for being on the program kim thanks for having me that's it for our program today thank you so much for listening to cjsw 90.9 fm in calgary our program is aged to perfection and old enough to know better Thank you.